You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with MLB.com Blue Jays reporter Gregor Chisholm. Tough weekend for the Jays. They dropped two of three at home to the Red Sox. They'll only get one more shot at Boston. That's at the end of the season. So they exit that series two games back in the division. They are still tied for the lead as far as the wild card goes in the American League. So by no means is it a panic situation for the Blue Jays, but some concern because they haven't been playing their best baseball over the last couple of weeks. They lose Friday night, Gregor. They come back, they win Saturday's game in a nice hard-fought 3-2, to well-played baseball game. And then Sunday, I think, was finally what maybe people thought the series would be, just an absolute slugfest. Neither pitcher went very far into it. And for Aaron Sanchez, part of the reason for that is a blister on the hand. Um, kind of update us on that and, and where he is, and is that blister going to be a long-term concern? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that, that has been bothering him for most of the season. It kind of comes and goes. That's the issue, and it's kind of unpredictable. And, uh, for the most part, it's been kind of a little bit more of a hot spot, kind of sore spot than an actual blister. Um, but there have been a couple occasions this year where it, it's gotten a little bit worse. Um, and I think you saw a little bit of that in the Boston series where it became a little bit more problematic. I don't think it's it's a huge concern. I think the fact is that the, the Jays are probably going to look to skip his next start anyways. I would be surprised um, if he pitches on the up, up, on the upcoming uh, West Coast road trip, at least in, in the early portion of that against the Angels. Uh, that's just a way to continue to, to monitor his innings and workload. So, I think he's going to get a natural rest anyways, and then by the time his next outing will come around, he, he should be over it. But uh, certainly it's not the type of thing you want to be dealing with this uh, at this time of year. And, and the fact that it, it happened in the series finale against Boston kind of makes things a little bit worse because he wasn't able to really go to his curveball very often because of that. Uh, and the Red Sox uh, teed off on him uh, early enough, and it was unfortunate timing for, for everyone involved. The big blow late in that game was delivered by David Ortiz. No surprise there. Uh, Three-run homer to put the Red Sox in front to stay. And I just got to bring this up with you, Gregor, because before the series on Friday night, David Ortiz honored, and he's kind of been making the tour and obviously in each city getting little gifts. And, and I'm fine with that. But on, on Sunday, I believe, late in the game after his last at-bat, he flew out, and he got a kind of a cheer from the crowd there, like a send-off, I guess, which I I don't know. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. I don't think so, but I just don't get it. I mean, this guy's been killing you as a baseball team for over a decade and dominating the division and being a great player for a rival. I don't get the cheering. I get the gifts before the series starts, but I don't get the send-off cheer. Yeah, it was a little bit weird. Uh, there, there's no question about that, and I think some of the Red Sox fans who were in attendance were, were the most vocal of that, and understandably so. But there are Blue Jays fans in the mix for that as well, and it was it was an awkward weekend, kind of all around for all of that. I mean, even even starting the series off uh, honoring the guy and giving him gifts, I, even that I find a little bit strange. Even though I know it's become a traditional thing for a, a lot of the big names when they when they exit the league, um, but. At this time of year, it, there's just a strange feeling because you, you're coming into the most biggest series of the year, uh, and you're honoring a guy who's obviously done a lot of damage against your team over the years. It's, it was it was kind of an interesting and awkward situation all around, and and the Blue Jays. This is the last to see of David Ortiz as well because that pivotal, uh, what could be a pivotal series at the end of the year uh, at Fenway Park will also be Ortiz's last regular season game. So uh, there's plenty of Ortiz send-offs uh, to come as well, although that will obviously be in front of his hometown crowd. 
Now it's on to the Rays as the Rays come to Toronto. A big series, and you would think, hey, this is the last place Tampa Bay Rays coming to town, and they've lost six of their last eight besides. But this season, they've been really tough on the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays just 7-9 and nine against Tampa Bay, and Francisco Liriano gets the start in Game 1. Not the ideal guy you'd want out there to start another series. What has it been about the Rays that they've kind of had the Blue Jays' number this season? Well, what's, what's amazing is the individual performances that the Rays have been able to put up. I mean, Logan Forsythe, whenever he plays the Blue Jays, you, if you just looked at those games, you'd think he's an MVP candidate because he's just hit that well against Toronto. He's just really eaten them up. And uh, there's a few other guys in the lineup that you can point to as well. And, and certainly when the Rays have things going well with their pitching staff, uh, you know, they're, they're a very dangerous team. Uh, and, you know, you look ahead for the Blue Jays, this really next week and a half is really going to tell the tale of how the season ends because this is where the Jays need to make up some ground and this is where they need to really solidify at the very least the wild card spot. Uh, they've got the three games against the Rays and then they go on the West Coast trip against the Angels and finish up in Seattle. That's where things could really um, – potentially turn around while the rest of the division is kind of facing uh, those intermatchup games and there's an upcoming series with Boston and and Baltimore. Uh, This is the time that the Jays need to do some damage, but it's kind of fitting in a way that the pesky Rays are are the ones to start all this off. And They've swept the Blue Jays twice this season. Uh, This is not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, but it's clear from a Toronto perspective that uh, they need to come out uh, at the very least win the series uh, and ideally, you'd, you'd want to sweep the Rays, kind of get a little bit of redemption after the Rays uh, did their did their part against the Blue Jays last week. It'll be Liriano game one, and then it'll be Stroman and Estrada games two and three against the Rays as the Blue Jays will skip R.A. Dickey. Uh, Dickey hasn't pitched since September 5th, Gregor. I guess if anybody can kind of handle that time off, a knuckleballer maybe can. I'm not sure, but uh, is there, you know, does he talk at all about that? And and he's been sk- he's been pushed back. Now he's been skipped. It's going to be a while before he pitches again. Will he be fine to to go with that extended stay? I guess Sanchez is now going to get a little break, which will definitely bring Dickey back into the fold. Yeah, I'd expect probably to see Dickey in that upcoming Angels series at some point uh, over that four game stretch. And I think he should be able to adjust probably better than. Um, what your traditional pitcher might, and Mariano on, on Monday night is going to be an interesting one to watch as well because he's had a bit of a layoff despite a couple of uh, relief appearances mixed in there. Uh, so, you know, this, these are the good and bad things about having as many starting pitchers as, as the Blue Jays do have at their disposal. The benefit clearly is that you're able uh, to do a little bit of matchup play, and I think the Jays really wanted to avoid uh, using R.A. Dickey against the race. He's had some trouble with them. Uh, in the past, and I think you go with the more favorable matchup in, in a nice ballpark against against the Angels. That, that's uh, potentially a nice play. Uh, but the downside is when you have to move everybody around, obviously you're getting them out of their routines as well, and that's, I think, something that has impacted the rotation a little bit uh, over the last couple of weeks as well. So there, there are certainly pros and cons to the, the strategy the Jays have been using over the last few weeks. Bad timing for Josh Donaldson to hit a rare slump here. Oh, for his last 23, but he still has eight walks in that stretch. So I guess we know he's still being patient, Gregor. Is he getting frustrated, though? Uh, there's definitely some signs of uh, visible frustration on his part. And uh, really, it's the first time we've seen this uh, in a Blue Jays uniform. I mean, he's had some slumps before, uh, but never quite this extended. 
Uh, and usually, you know, his his slumps. He might he might go a little while without hitting home runs, but usually, for the most part, he's still able to uh, to get his hits. And that really hasn't been the case. And uh, you know, Jose Batista, kind of similar situation there as well. Is, you know, he's been getting on base a lot, uh, and he's been getting an, an okay amount of singles, but the power hasn't really been there. And those are the two guys, uh, more than anyone else in that lineup, that the Blue Jays really need to kind of turn things around in a hurry. Um, you know, they do need production one through nine, obviously, but at this time of year, you really kind of uh, hope that your your big guys steal you a few games, and we haven't seen that for a little while now. And uh, you know, Donaldson certainly is frustrated, understandably so, especially going hitless in that you know three-game series against Boston when there was so much on the line. Um, you know, I think we've seen it uh, in the way he slammed his bat and his helmet uh, over the last few days, uh, and I, and I think we've just kind of seen it in his overall demeanor a little bit as well, but. Uh, certainly, I don't expect this to continue for very long. You got to think that the breakout is coming very soon. In fact, every kind of every time he steps to the plate, uh, now it seems like he, you know everybody's saying he's due. This is when he's going to turn it around, and, and that's probably going to happen real soon. Uh, and, and the Jays, they they needed to. One more thing I wanted to ask you about, Gregor Dalton Pompey back up with the team uh, with the September call-ups and everything, but his role is obviously small. He's a guy that can run, though, so his role becomes a lot of times that late-inning pinch runner situation, which seems like when you hear about, oh, he just comes in late in the game and, and pinch runs, seems like he's just got to stretch, get out there, and basically be fast, but a lot more goes into it than that. Can you talk a little bit about the, the work that Pompey puts in to be prepared for that late-inning pinch-run situation. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's exactly his role in this team. So he's able to, to kind of specialize and, and, and kind of zero in on exactly what he needs to do. And, and there is a lot of preparation that goes into it, and a lot of that's done with first-base coach Tim Leeper, and, and they're looking at everything from uh, tendencies on, on the pitchers uh, that they're about to face, uh, the time to the plate, uh, you know how often they're using a slide step. So he's going with a little bit of a higher leg kick and, and trying to really uh, pin down the tendencies. So it becomes a little bit less of a guessing game, and you're going with something that uh, you think might be a little bit more predictable. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about Pompey is that he's had so much success in, in a limited time. But uh, last September, he played a, a very big role on that team down the stretch in terms of coming off the bench, and then even more so in the postseason. And he stole this team uh, some really, really big bases. And he was the guy standing on third base last year, uh, coming in as a pinch hitter uh, when the Jays uh, fell just short against the Royals. And, and that's going to be his role down the stretch again this year if the Blue Jays get into the postseason. Uh, he's going to be in that role again. Uh, and even though he might not be, you know, he's certainly not Ricky Henderson. He doesn't have that type of speed. He's not one of your top guys. Um, he might not even be the fastest guy on his team, but what he's able to do is really pick his spots, know when to go, and, and really put the issue on, uh, you know, the opposing pitcher and catcher. And he's done a great job with it. Great stuff. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.